Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi everyone, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about... Pipe Mania. Um, Aaron, when was the last time you smoked a pipe? Well, I do like... Um, uh, I can't even say it. Not, it's been a while. I do have a lovely... <laughs> I have a lovely wooden pipe at home that on occasion I will uh, put some cheap cherry tobacco in and have a, have a good uh, puff now and again. That sounds good. That mm. sounds good. You know, I used to be way in to smoking pipes. I had a large collection. And then I realized that uh, my love of pipe smoking was much like my love of vinyl records. It was mostly the uh, outrageous expense and inconvenience that attracted me to the, to the habit. I spent 95% of my pipe smoking time attempting to light the pipe. And, uh, and, and then, then keeping them lit can also be a, tr- a trifle. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think uh, I will put this particular pipe aside and uh, turn us over to this week's Everything Amiga side updates. Aaron, what's new in our Amigos community? All right. So we just had one big update from our good friend, the Dreamcatcher. And he did a, a little something this week on the Naughty Ones. Mm. Now, Boat... Uh, this is actually a pretty popular game, as I recall. Have you ever played the naughty ones? Um, I have. Uh, I have not played the naughty ones. Uh, are they? Who are they? And what are they doing? I've, listen, <laughs> I'm from I'm, I'm from America, but I've hear I hear about this game all the time on on uh, other shows, podcasts, and whatnot. And I, I've not played it. I've never played it before. Mm-hmm. I just know of it. Uh, it looks cool, and of course, DK's all over it with his usual in depth. Uh, stuffery, and I will say, uh, the uh, the two little guys are amusing looking. It looks like a, a pretty fun game. Uh, and while we're on the subject of of Dreamcatcher, he's released. If you check his channel out on YouTube, he's been a uh, uh, production machine. He's been putting out a lot of good stuff over there. So I always recommend some Dreamcatcher action, uh, and this should be good. And we're this this is one we should probably put on the list because I mean it's a pretty big. I think it's a pretty popular title. I just haven't got around. You know to these it. guys, the naughty ones. You know who they remind me of? Another famous Amiga game, the guy in Magic Pockets. Remember that game, Magic Pockets? I, I know. Of, I we've played that one before, haven't we? I mean, I've, it's, it's we've never fun. done it on the show, no, but no, we've we played, we played it for fun. For fun yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And this, I will say, this, this, you know, you know, it's a hit when it's when it comes in three flavors. There's an, there's an ECS, an AJ, and a CD32 version. Oh, cool. So, you know, it's it's super awesome when that happens. So yeah, it should be fun. Um, that's pretty much all that's that's popped up on our site. We had a ton of stuff pop up on YouTube this week. Um, we'll just rewind all the way to the beginning here. So, of course, uh, you played some. You did some playthroughs this week on a, on a couple different games. Uh, Bruce Lee on the ZX. This actually is. Uh, I believe that this is uh, Chris Folds. With, oh, is this uh, with Folds? Bruce Lee? Yeah. Well, no one ever. No one ever labels these things. I have a hell of a time figuring out who's what. Um, and also, and, you, know, it's a, you need to actually read the description of the video. Nah, nah, I know, I I know it's, it's difficult. I never do it. Uh, I, I never hit the more info button because mm. that's how they get you. That's how they get you. That's how they get your secret information. 
And I, I think I think we mentioned this is right around press time last week, but also I think uh, same fellow there, Folds. I think he also was at Folds or maybe Pixel that looked at Road Avenger last week. Why don't you click on? Yeah, that we one? we talked about a little bit of that yeah. last week. That was this was Duncan. I've watched all of this twice, and this is one of the craziest games. <laughs> <laughs> it deserves a second glance because if you, I watched the opening before I just wanted to see the clarity of the video and stuff. Mm-hmm. But basically, your guy's getting married, and then as he's getting married, road punks come up and, and wreck his car and kill his wife. <laughs> and this is the happy, fun arcade experience wow. that you would. You will have when you do Road Avenger. Because <laughs> then the whole goal of this game is to kill the gang, and you don't care who else you kill. That's, Your guy's matter. driving through shopping malls. He's <laughs> up on sidewalks. He's just running over everyone. He's so, the Road Avenger. Well, yeah, but I mean, good Lord, you're killing half the state. <laughs> no good. No good. Um, now, <laughs> why don't you talk about, because I, I didn't get to watch this, Amiga Live with Boat and Chad. What did you do? Well, this is... Oh, Chad. Right. Excuse me. Okay, so for some reason, the ARG thumbnail refuses to yield, and it's there on our channel forever, no matter how many times I change it. But I got together with some of the boys Ooh, in the chat, and uh, we played some worms. Now, did you? Is this the playing the live? Um, this is Amiga Live. Outstanding. Um, and uh, you can use Amiga Live to obviously play uh, simultaneously with people from all around the world. Now we've talked about doing this before, but we never actually did it. I actually did it so, this time. So, having not seen this video, how did it go? How were the performance? Um, it really depends on everyone's individual internet connection, just like so many things in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know why that certainly is funny. I um, but I, I managed to play. Or was uh, Paul Harrington was there? Pixels at Dawn and Free Lunch. We all uh, c- convened to uh, to play. I also played a little bit with uh, Neville Overman, uh, otherwise known as Leaf Kaland. Uh, we played a practice game of Worms. But overall, it was a good experience. Um, Paul, he showed his. Uh, he, he continues to dominate. You know, he won all of those contests at Amiga Ireland. Yeah, he's he's pretty much a, a gaming prodigy, and he of course won our our match here. But it was it was a lot of fun to play with the guys in real time. Like I said, lag wasn't as much of an issue. Um, I'd really like to try something a little bit faster paced next time, like Sensible Soccer, to see how that how that holds up. I will say, Worms. If I may quote Brent, Worms is my jam. It's and, my bad. And I am the undefeated, undisputed world champion at this game, having never lost a, a, a legitimate game without some uh, cheating being involved. So I would love to get online and play some multiplayer wars. This looks very cool. Yeah. So now i got to get in on that. That looks great. Might be time for a midnight run on this. Ooh. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, so check that out. I'll, get, I'll have to watch that myself because I, I didn't realize that's what you guys were up to. Um, so me and the Brent... We had an interesting week. You know, I'll, I really enjoyed this particular episode. It was right up our alley. It, we picked games uh, from the Midway catalog. Um, Midway uh, is a the story of Midway is the, is a lot like the story of the demise of, of Amiga and who owns the rights to it. It's just a crazy corporate disaster. Mm. That, by the way, was the guy that did it. Uh, but we picked a couple games from their catalog after we looked at their history. Brent picked a game called Journey, based on the band. And I picked a game called Satan's Hollow. Based on the Satan? Based on the Satan. Mm. And I, uh, and for once, just to, just to tip our hand a little, we both liked each other's games. And I loved them, That actually. rarely happens on this show. And uh, um, uh, we just both happened to pick games from the early 80s. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, I, will can, I will go to, to bat against anyone when I say that Satan's Hollow is one of the all-time great 
shooting games. It is a tremendous game. It has very little flaw, if any. And Journey is not the best game I've ever played, but it's a lot of fun. And it is sort of dopey fun. Right. You know, you've played both of these. I love both these just, games. Just for fun, do you have, a, you have a perspective or a thought on them? Um, Journey, I always just thought was crazy because it seems like it's way too early to have digitized images in, it, in games. I think it was 84, I think, when right. it came out, or 83. Um, and uh, I was not a big fan of Journey until, um, I, I wouldn't call myself a big fan of Journey now, but I mean, I wasn't really aware of them until like high school. So I missed their whole when they were actually popular. I guess I was too young. So, uh, but it's it is it is interesting that they were so large that they were the ones chosen to have this this video game made after them. It's it, it's wacky that they happen to be the ones. They were Johnny on the spot to get that crazy digitization technology, mm -hmm. which works. It actually works pretty well. And that you got to give the programmers, the brilliant programmers, credit for making that happen, given the parameters of what you could do in that era. Uh, Do you ever have a cup of coffee with uh, Satan? Um, you know, Satan's Hollow. I've played it a couple times, but just like Brent said, you really need to get uh, you really need to get familiar with how the shield works to really get the most out of it. So I'm going to have to go back to it. I'll tell you one thing about ARG is it always puts me in the mood to go back to the games that you talk about and give them another shake. Well, uh, if I if we do anything, it's that. And I will say, Satan's Hollow. I don't know how popular it was, honestly. I mean, in my circle, it's pretty popular, but if you have never played Satan's Hollow, I mean, it is an outstanding game. It looks great, and like I mentioned on the show, when it first came out, I had to look around the arcade to make sure no one was looking as I slinked over to it, because it made you, it was, it, that was a kind of a big taboo. Oh, yeah. It felt weird, you know, at the time. It only got a release on the C64, so one of these days, you've got to give that a shot, too. Absolutely. I've heard pretty good things. Uh, one last item I want to touch on, actually two little items. Uh, last week on Insert Disc 2, uh, after Amigos uh, taped up, we talked about a couple of different topics, but the main uh, topic was the uh, uh, Forbidden Worlds Point Ops front end. Mm -hmm. uh, tremendous Forgotten front Worlds. End. For, yeah, Forgotten Worlds, what did I say? Forbidden Worlds. Same difference. And the uh, uh, it's an excellent front end if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, it's It takes pretty much, it holds your hand, does everything for you, I recommend that. Uh, and lastly... Uh, we had a uh, uh, another stream here, uh, uh, Amigos Place PTM. We were just talking about this one, and I'm not even sure what PTM stands for, but you said you've had a look at this already. Yeah, so this is a uh, run-and-gun platformer. Chris Folds put this up. Uh, he uh, he took a look at it. This is a brand-new Spectrum game, just released in oh, 2019. you're kidding me. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, you should actually watch and read the video descriptions. The stuff is actually cool. It's not it just, just something came, we talk about up. every year on the show. It just came it's up. It's been on the site a full week. Oh, it has not. So anyway, PTM. It's a great game. You should check it out if you like Rolling Thunder. If you like, uh, it looks great. Yeah, it's it's it's. You know, they really know how to program for the specy now. Uh, they know how to make <laughs> the color clash work in its in its favor. It, it um, finally happened. Yeah, it finally happened in 2019. So um, thank you, Chris, for putting that up, and thank you, Duncan, for putting up uh, the uh, the game that you put up, the Road Avenger. Yeah. That looks really good, doesn't it? Yeah, that looks great. Yeah. All right, so let's take a look at what's been going on in the wider world of Amiga News. Let's fire up the gamble train. Let's get on board, and let's see what's cooking. First up, Aaron, I know you like to uh, use SSL to make all of your internet-based connections on your Amiga, right? You're... <laughs> You're, nope. just, you're constantly just just nope. tunneling your way through those secure socket layers. Nope. And you're, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. Well, Aaron, I'll tell you this. There is a new 
AMI SSL package that's just been released for OS3 and OS4. So if you are using your Amiga in 2019, your modern Amiga, to do all your normal internet things, banking and e-commerce and such, you can More power to you, pal. If you're doing that. <laughs> hey, man, they're out there. They're doing it. Uh, make sure you stay secure and download this this new Ami SSL package. You got no you got no comment on that. Yeah, I mean, hey, who to thunk it? As my comment, I'm just I'm, <laughs> literally I was staring on in disbelief at what I just heard. I can't believe that. Uh, there is a new uh, PDF magazine out there. This comes from our friends over at AmigaNews.de. This this magazine is called Rev in GE. Yeah, I've, I've, I've read this a bunch of times. This is it's issue really 95, so yeah. it's been going on for a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's, we've actually mentioned it long ago. Okay, yeah, and yeah. this is an Amiga-heavy issue. This has got uh, Rick Dangerous 2, Sensible Golf, and the uh, infamous Amiga port of Street Fighter 2. So if you are, uh, if you want something, you know, I still mourn the loss <laughs> of, uh, of Kickstart Magazine, you know, yeah. our own Amigos Magazine, and if, you, if you're looking for something to read with that retro edge, Check this out, it's free. Revenge, number 96. You know, uh, speaking of sensible golf, I actually gave it a, I finally sat down and gave that a whirl. In fact, I recorded a video and I don't think I ever posted it. Um, that was a, that was a misstep. I mean, you compare that to what, any of the more comparable yeah. uh, golf games. That was a that, uh, not a, not was not for that studio. You would think right. they'd come up with some along. And, and the devs, their excuse, and when I say that, it means like it's not valid. But they, they I, I believe that it's true. They said that they just didn't have time. They wanted the, the the company wanted to rush the game out, and they basically shipped an unfinished game. So, yeah. um, next up, we've got a new, um, a new game, a new Amiga game. It's just released. It's called Aminer. A minor. I don't know. A M I. Big letters. It's hard to make it work. Yeah. Now this is a game. This comes to us from our buddy Neil over at Indie Retro News. Yes. We love Indie Retro News. Yes. Um, this is uh, and actually it also comes from Saberman, who is always first out of the gate with these playthrough videos. But this is a uh, game like Mr. Driller. Did you ever play Mr. Driller on the arcade or oh, on the Dreamcast I, I, or anything? Seems like I played it on the PlayStation. The PlayStation, yeah. Uh, but man, it's been a it's been a while back. Yeah. yeah. So this is that same sort of similar game where you start on the surface and you are tunneling down, down, down for big points. Looks pretty good. Doesn't yeah, it? looks great. So uh, check that out over on uh, Indie Retro News. Our next couple stories actually come from Indie Retro News. You know, I I we use them so often and, and, and Neil's always been so kind to us I decided to start giving a couple bucks every month on the old Patreon I mean they're Very such good. a great resource in yeah, Retro News outstanding um, this is a new compilation uh, we've talked about these uh, for, for months and months now this one was just released here at the end of February the CD32 and beer multiplayer compilation February 19th edition so this one includes uh, Alien Breed, uh, Chaos Engine, Akari Warriors, and Hired Guns. I see a bunch. If you if you, if you scroll down to that games list, Arc the Archons are there. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, there's some good stuff on there. <laughs> I mean, I see a lot of good stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So great. these compilations are always gold. If you got a CD32 and you've got a buddy and you've got a brewski, you're in business. All right. Up next, Aaron, we've got this is the next release. <laughs> From the guy that was that brought us the real Bruce Lee. Yes, I remember that. One. Uh, he's back with a new game. This is the All Valley Karate Championship. Yeah. So this is right on the heels of the uh, Cobra Kai uh, YouTube-based new TV series. This is set in the world of the Karate Kid. 
Um, this is a Saberman playthrough again. Uh, it looks like you can choose from a wide variety of uh, Karate Kid <laughs> characters. <laughs> wow, they did a good job yeah. on the faces. And uh, this thing, I mean, it looks good. Uh, it's 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 definitely um, you know it's it's limited in its animation. But hey, what games give you the chance to fight as Mr. Miyagi? I gotta give I gotta give the guy credit. Number one, he he did a good job on getting the faces right. Because mm -hmm. if you looked at that list of the different people, there's there just a pretty obscure character Right, there. right. Then he's got the ref. If you've watched that movie uh, recently, because the, that is the correct tournament name, and that is the correct <laughs> I mean, I give him credit. It, that doesn't, this looks way better than yeah. Bruce Lee. I mean, I'd be more likely to play this than something like One Must Fall, let's I mean, be honest. I'm guessing this is some sort of like uh, a karate champ takeoff. Yeah, you've got your health bar down here. Now, and my, the big question is, can you do the crane kick? That, uh, that You know, there? if that's not in there, I'd be very disappointed. <laughs> you know, they, they, that should be, you know, hold the button down and spin the circle. That's Have you the, watched the new Cobra Kai show? It's I, not that new now, it's a year. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Have you? I watched the first three episodes it is weird let's just mm. put it that way because the johnny is a loser in it who knows a lot of good karate and daniel son is a wealthy like i believe he's a car dealer oh so the tables yeah. have turned a it little has. bit here but daniel feels bad for the, and the cobra kai guy's still a sort of a jerk and he starts his old dojo back up but he's still also sort of non-evil but he's mm. still sort of evil <laughs> I watched, the, I watched all the free episodes and I gave up. A lot, lot of gray area in there, That's it sounds right. like. Just like my beard. All right, we got a, we got a, one more story, Aaron. And this is this is not directly related to the Amiga, but it is in keeping with both our, um, our show last week on Tiger Claw and this week's inaugural episode of R. Sinclair. Aaron, it's finally happened, what we've always dreamed for. Bruce Lee has a sequel, a real sequel. Okay. Uh, this was released today. Uh, yeah, by, I heard anything about by Megastyle for the C64. And what they have done here is they have taken the Bruce Lee engine, yeah. made it exactly like what you remember, and just made a whole bunch of new levels. Oh. So it's everything that you love about Bruce Lee. You still, it's the exact same gameplay, the exact same. Yamo's back, the ninja's back, but you've just got a whole bunch of new challenges. And this is for, this is for the C64. Wow, I hope they port this up to the Amiga, number one. And number two... Thank you, sweet lord. Yeah. That is exactly what I was looking for. Right. Especially I mean, I just saw one. Yamo give the call right there. Ah! That's yeah. a great idea, too. Now, this is available right now? This is available is now. It, is it for sale? It or? is for free. Really? For free. Wowzers, man. That is... So you can go over... This, of course, was from Indie Retro News, but if you go to megastyle.itch.io, you, uh, you can download it now. Let me ask you a question, and you may not know this. Uh, am I wrong? Was there ever a... To me, in the back of my head, it seems to me at some point in the past, there was a Bruce Lee 2. Is that, am I insane? I have not heard of it, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Okay, I may have to look into that later. Because I didn't, and my research didn't turn anything up about it, so my, maybe I'm just remembering it wrong. I could have sworn there was one. Well, maybe so. Maybe so. That looks awesome, though. I can't wait. Please, port that over the Amiga. So the sun is setting, Aaron. The gamble train is pulling away over the horizon. We come to an end of another week's worth of Amiga news. Mm. But don't worry, because the hits just keep on coming, Aaron. We got some mail in the mail right. this week. Um, got a letter, got a message from uh, a listener. And this, this comes to us all the way from uh, New Mexico. Okay, the other side of the country. Yeah. This is a guy named Adam Trionfo. Adam Trionfo. He says, um, Dear Boat and Aaron, this past leak weekend, I was given a large collection of Atari 8-bit items. Oh. For some reason, mixed in among some of the boxes 
was an Amiga 600 motherboard. Whoa. It was in a box with many books and magazines on top of it. Not a good sign, I know. I'm also an Amiga user and listener to your show, so I figured that I'd try to get it to work with my Amiga 1200 power supply. I plugged it in, but when powered on, the screen turns white when the system boots and no screen ever appears. It actually looks like the system constantly resets itself. Mm -hmm. I expect that this motherboard is damaged in some way, but perhaps one of you guys would want this Amiga 600 and an exp its expansion 1 meg RAM card. Um, he said, I listened to your first podcast in December 2016, and I just finished episode 127 from January 2018. Wow. So he is, he's listening in the, in the past, basically. One of these days, I'll catch and start listening to the current episode. I'm still loving the podcast. It's great fun to listen. Well, that's all. that was a nice, so, nice gesture. Adam, and, I, and, and at first I was like, well, you know, do we need a broken Amiga 600 motherboard? And then I remembered that we have... An Amiga, uh, uh, another broken Amiga 600 motherboard, and I thought, well, with your knowledge, your extensive knowledge of circuits and and the, the Amiga motherboard architecture in general, maybe you could take something that is working on this broken board and mm -hmm. combine it with our broken board to make one fully working Amiga 600. Yeah. Tell them to send it on in. I will say well, that's a nice gesture. I'm glad you said that because I have it right here in my hands. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> So this is the Amiga 600 motherboard, lovingly packaged. You know, what are the odds that you would find that amongst a bunch of Atari 8-bit Isn't that weird? And he says he's a huge Atari 8-bit guy, and I said, well, you're in good company, because both Aaron and I love the, uh, the Atari 8-bit systems. And so here we have it. Luckily for us, we are, you know, you were very kind uh, to, to mention how genius I am. The problem is it's not true. However... Um, I don't see any outward signs of super death. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, I already fixed it. That was easy. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, we'll have to look at it, but hey, that was nice. And uh, yeah, maybe we could put something together with it. Uh, uh, Dusty, you can tell this thing's been out of service for a while. And there's mm -hmm. the little expansion. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Adam. We appreciate that. That was nice of you, Adam. And we will put it to good use. We will consult all the geniuses that... Uh, that uh, make up the audience, right? Really. And we have we have many geniuses among us that I are not us. I got a feeling a little chip resetting and wham bam, Bob's your uncle. That's Man, my wouldn't guess. that be great? Hey, wouldn't that's that be hey, great. You know, it's the old. Uh, it's probably just a fuse, right? Just like an old pinball. <laughs> just the pinball. Day, yep, know? yep. All right, Aaron. <laughs> Thank you, Ten. From from boards to chips to pipes, it's time to fix those leaks. It's time to talk about pipe mania. Pipe mania now. I guess it goes beyond uh, question when I go, Pipe Manias, run a wild, brother. Oh, yeah. So, I'll admit, before we start, as I often do, I've never played Pipe Mania or Pipe Dream. It was apparently mm -hmm. known over here. And I'm guessing you had played this. I had never played it. Really? Never. How did this one get past you, boats? It's right up your alley. I know. I can't believe I'd always heard of it, but <laughs> I never played it. So, uh, Pipe Mania, which we'll refer to it, uh, released at 89, mm -hmm. so, you know, not too late in the game. One disc, and this actually has two simultaneous players, which I didn't get to try two players, but I didn't watch a video of it. Yeah, and uh, one thing I think Pixels might have uh, pointed out on the Discord is this is one of the few Amiga titles which support two-player, two-mouse uh, action. All sort of like Lemmings, right? right? Yeah, right. that's crazy. Uh, so uh, this, was, this was developed by the assembly line. Now, these guys put out, you know, so we've played, uh, I've only played a couple of their games, but I mean, they did Xenon 2, which is a great game. 
uh, the interphase, exterminator, emotion, and vaccine. Uh, this was published by Empire, but it's got a copyright with Lucas, Lucasfilm Games. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how this worked. Uh, I Like I said, we know the assembly line developed it, and I think it was hard. I couldn't pin down for sure, but I think this was developed on the Amiga, but I'm not 100% sure. I believe that you're right. I think the Amiga was the very first version, and I think maybe the console ports yeah. were, were published through LucasArts. I think you're right. So, oh, I didn't even know this had console ports. On the, I mean, on the old consoles or the new ones? I did see it had like a PS2 or 3 release. This came out on PS2, came out on the uh, Game Boy, and in Japan it came out on the Super Famicom. Crazy. So, um, you know, I wanted to go over the people that worked on this, because I thought it was interesting what, what that previous things that they'd done. The artist on this was uh, someone named Akila J. Redmer, and their only other credit is a really good game that I think we've mentioned on this uh, podcast before called Their Finest Hour, which is a uh, World War II flight simulator, mm-hmm. uh, Battle of Britain. It's a really good game, and the art in it's really good, So, which is funny because the art in this is just sort of, there's not much to it, no. really. Uh, and the coder on this is a fellow named Stephen uh, L. Butler. He did Mickey's Jigsaw p- Puzzles and Mickey's Memory Challenge. Wow. So there you go. <laughs> um, as you mentioned, there were a ton of... This thing may be the most... Con- I thought we'd seen it all with conversions, but get this. Aside from what you mentioned, you've got the Acorn Archimedes, the Amstrad, the Atari ST, BBC Electron, BBC Micro, the C64, uh, the Sam Coupe. Oh, yeah. There's one right there. Mm-hmm. DOS, uh, the, C- the ZX Spectrum. And then uh, there was. It, it also supported uh, Tandy graphics, which is mm-hmm. awesome. And it goes and it ran the gamut from Hercules off to VGA. So if you think about it, a game like this, and you can see how it's one of the few games that you could go from full color all the way down to Hercules, right. And still make it work. Because how many games could you do that on? Not so many. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be and where it wouldn't check affect the overall play of the game. And I believe that uh, I don't think you mentioned this, but uh, one thing that we found out from our buddy Matt. Uh, Matt Beckett is that he said that this came with the Windows 95 uh, entertainment yes, pack as it well. It sure did. Yeah. Um, so, what is Pipe Mania? It's actually a it's actually a pretty simple com- concept at first. Now, mm-hmm. um, when the screen a screen comes up, you're given a menu, okay, and you've got um, basic one player expert one player and competitive two player mm-hmm. all right now and you've also got training all right now i tried i tried ba- i tried basic and training and expert one player uh just to, to get it out of the way expert one player was beyond me because <laughs> pi- the pipe well why don't you explain what yeah. the game is first so you have a board it starts out as a basically like a large group of, of grids right basically mm-hmm. And it starts out with a, like a I don't know a spigot or whatever, and mm-hmm. you have to you have a series of pipes, different pipe shapes on the left hand side of the screen that you have to fit on this screen. And and there on the on the right side of the screen there is a timer. When the timer gets to zero, liquid starts coming out of the pipe. Right. And you have to connect pipes to the main pipe, keep this liquid flowing as long as you can. Mm-hmm. And at the top of the screen there's a uh, there's a number that you have to fulfill this amount of pipe sections to, to complete the level. If you don't fulfill them, you lose. Uh, it's pretty simple. You have to keep adding pipes. Now, the pipes come down sort of on the left-hand side of the screen. You'll see the, like the next four or five pipes coming. Mm-hmm. And so you, you have to lay these pipes down to keep the, the goo flowing. Now, 
you're not always going to have the piece that you want. So you have a couple options. You can sort of plan in advance how you want the pipes to go based on what you can see coming and you can sort of put that pipe anywhere you want. Or you could just write directly over the pipe you just placed, but it'll take a little longer. There's a little, like, it almost phases in like a Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And your third option is just to place the pipe you don't want out in the middle of nowhere. Right. All right. And you'll be penalized later. So once the timer on the right clicks down, um, the goo will come out of the pipe and start slowly going through your setup of pipes. Mm-hmm. As long as that stuff has a place to go, it will keep going. All right. And so you want to make it go as long as, as far as it can. Uh, it's, it's, again, it's an it's a incredibly simple concept. The, the round ends when either you the, the stuff coming out of the pipe hits a point where it can't uh, go any further, or it comes to a point where it just come, basically backs, comes back on itself and goes into a pipe there's already goo in, uh, or it just goes off the screen. Mm-hmm. All right? At that point... Uh, the computer will tally up how many pipes you had that had stuff running through it. You get credit for them and points. And then it'll take away any points for any pieces that you've just got randomly scattered outside of the the, uh, the effective area. Right. And in order to, put, to progress to the next round, you're given a number in the upper right corner of the screen, and you yeah. have to fill that number of pipes with flues before yeah. you... Uh, and, and Yeah, flues. Mm-hmm. And, the, uh, and again, if you have any stray pipes that are just sitting out there, it'll, after it calculates your score, that comes off in a, in a negative way. Uh, I've actually got the scoring here. Uh, it's it's pretty simple. You get 50 points for each section that the flues flows through. You get 100 points for each section, uh, extra section that it flows through. And you get 500 for each time the flues crosses itself. Now, I'm going to tell you, uh, uh, just that particular technique was something I only got into near the end of my play. Because mm-hmm. when I started this game up, I was, I was like, I have no idea what I was doing. I mean, I had zero idea. I, I knew, okay, this stuff has to get to a pipe. But I mean, I could if I'd played this and not had to play it for the show and not had to keep playing it, I would have instantly not played it because this is not my kind of puzzle games, not my thing, and it was confusing and I didn't know what I was doing. Thank God that I, we had to play because mm-hmm. the, the more I played it, the more I liked it, mm-hmm. and it uh, uh, to me, uh, it was a very addictive game, and I ended up playing it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I'm not gonna say I got great at it, but I got better than I was when I started. And, and you, fe- you could see your, you could tell that you were getting better. That's that, to me. That was the key. Is like I don't think I ever really got good at this game either. But I could tell that every time I sat down to play it, I felt like I was getting better at it. The thing that I like about this game, just to jump jump to it, is uh, it is a, it's a simple game. It's not hard to understand once you understand the basics, right? Uh, but you can feel like a big man when you start learning the techniques that will make you better at it. The advanced placement of the pipes in different spots on the board that you're not to yet is vital, especially on the later levels, the latest ones I saw anyway, and I'm sure it gets a lot more crazy as you go up. Uh, if you've got a straight piece and you've got a, and it's, and you need a crooked piece, you can set the straight piece to where it'll connect to the other side of the crooked piece that you're going to try to get anyway. Mm-hmm. And if you use this sort of strategy, you can actually start another pipeline with pieces you don't want that you can eventually get to. And yeah. once you do that, you've got plenty of time. Mm-hmm. And then you can really go to town with the, the artistic side of the That's game. That's right. Now, um, you can get to a point, and much like in Tron light cycles, where you can't go any further. Right. 
which I found this out towards the end of the week, is that if you hit F, it will make the flues go faster. And you get bonus points yeah. for that. And so um, this is the basic concept of the game. Now, it's not the entirety of the game. Um, now, uh, this game is is not real, it's not super colorful. It's not, the graphics aren't super great. It doesn't have tremendous music. Mm -hmm. It's just the game. Right. And you can see how something like this could be included in like a Windows Entertainment pack. Oh, much, yeah. Much like Minesweeper or something. It's that kind of game. And in that's, fact, they've made it more fancy than it really needs to be. And that's the thing. Like, this is, we play so many games that started their life on 8-bit platforms and then were ported to the Amiga with extra graphics, extra, extra moods, things like that. This is one case where this is the origination. This is the alpha version of, of, pipe, of, uh, of pipe Mania. And uh, I spent most of my time playing the Super Nintendo version of this game. Oh, okay. And yeah. Do you know what consoles, aside from the ones so I mentioned? This came out on the Game Boy yeah. and the, Super, course, and the yeah. Super Famicom. The, the okay. Game Boy, that's an obvious yeah. one, isn't it? Um, it, didn't, it didn't get a U.S. release on the Super Nintendo. I had to play the Japanese version. Oh, I see. But this is this game has um, basically they took you know Japanese developers are great at this you know they take a concept that's developed in Europe or in the states and then they make it a million times better. I mean if you look at like the kind of plodding malaise of a game like Jumpman and then Super Mario Brothers or the burning wreckage of something like Bard's Tale and then the pristine perfection of Final Fantasy and uh, and so this I'm not, is I'm where not giving you that one. This is uh, this is another example. They take they take the core concept. It's still the exact same thing. It's a grid. You've got pipes flowing through. They give it a graphical update to where they change the color of the pipes. Like after you've laid the pipes and they're connected, you can see what's connected and where your route is. Yeah. Uh, they put in um, they put in a shop. So after a certain number of rounds, your points are converted into dollars and you can buy things like point doublers or you can buy extra lives, stuff like that. And they, um, they put in, like in this game, one of the most confusing things to me is that you have an, or you have an origin point for your pipe, but you don't have an end point. You don't well, have not a, in the early yeah rounds. in the early and I never got good enough at the Amiga version no. to get to the later no, levels. I didn't get that high. This game, uh, the Super Nintendo version, starts out with an end point. And to me, that makes the game a little bit more understandable because at the beginning, I was just like you. If I had to play this just for fun, I would have never gotten past that first or second go because I didn't get it. But once it clicked and I got it, I was like, wow, this is amazing. I'll tell you, the thing that I like about, um, the thing that I like about Pipe Mania and the, this kind of puzzle game is it's procedurally generated. Like, it's not you trying to be smarter than the game designer. For example, in a game like Lemmings, you know, you've got to put yourself in the mind of the person that's making this level, and you've got to figure out how to get through it in the way that, that they want you to. Mm -hmm. A game like Pipe Mania is like Tetris, where you have just an infinite combination of pieces, and you've got to make it work however you want. What makes this even better than Tetris is you have the whole crossing thing, making the loops and things, which sort of lets you add your own style and lets you get creative with the layouts. This game ticks a lot of my buttons because I've got a love of trains, and this is sort of like a train track layout kind of thing going on, so I, I like that part of it. And I like the fact, too, that you can either play for, you know, do I want to 
this is this is true in both versions. Do I want to make a really quick layout to get the you know the exact number of pipes that I need to complete the level? Hit the F button and get the bonus points that way, or do I want to make this really elaborate layout and take the chance that I'm going to lose points because I'm going to end up with extra pipe pieces? So there's multiple ways to play this game, and I really like that. You know, just because you mentioned how much you love trains, I was when I was researching this, this came up. There's a North Korean game called Railway Assemblage, right? And it was sponsored by the the regime, right? The regime? Yeah, the regime of uh, the propaganda regime, as it's said here. And it was it was from 2006, and it was a simplified ver. It included a simplified version of Pipe Mania. In that, you're joining section, sections of railway to get a fast railroad track from South Korea to North Korea. Ah, you, you know go. we've got Amiga Bong in Korea right now yeah. in the chat. You should check that out, Amiga yeah. Bong. I think that's kind of. I think it's funny when you said that. I had to laugh. <laughs> uh, as you go after you get this game has uh, the classic password level system. Mm-hmm. Okay, and once you get past the first section, you go to this sort of. And this was really bizarre. Is that bonus round or whatever where the the, the pipes fall from the top or they scoot across and you have to hit the button and they fall into place and then they release the flues up to it. Uh, I, I did that. I don't know how well I did at it, but I, you know, I assume <laughs> every time I went there, I was like, "Man, this is bizarre." You know, I always forget about looking up passwords online. I should have done did that. You, did you? How did you? How did you? Did you fare well on that round? No, because I never got to it. Oh, wow. I was never I did able better to than get, you. Yeah. Ah. Now it's probably because, I, like I said, I spent the majority of my time playing the Super Nintendo version. Yeah. Um, but it, even then, I still came back to the Amiga version. The another big difference is that they give you a lot more time before the flu starts flowing on the Super Nintendo version. This game, I mean, you've got enough time to kind of get going, and then boom, you're under the gun. The uh, the second wave, which as far as I got, I, I did get pretty far in it, is in a, like a fish tank. Now, one of the things, uh, listen, you've got the grid pattern, you've got the pipes in the first level, which uh, uh, to, as far as I went, that's I just uh, the second level is just more grid pattern, but. What ends up happening is some parts of the grid are damaged, so you can't build right. there, so mm-hmm. you have to get around them. And on the uh, on the and the fish tank levels, uh, some parts are damaged. Plus, there occasionally there'll be a fish there. You've got to work your way around, and so you've got to you know adjust your pipe accordingly. This game ramps up. It's funny. I don't like this, but I like it. It when you're trying to lay down this pipe, and that flues is coming. And you see it coming, mm-hmm. and you're hitting those buttons. Mm-hmm. Come on, come on! Especially if you have to p- replace a pipe in mm-hmm. a spot. It's so slow. It's so slow that because it phases in and phase, you know, phases out and phases back in. That if if the flues gets to that point when it's still slightly pixelated, phasing in, that's it. Game that rounds over, and it really ramps up the tension. And 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 it's a very clever. It's well, it's just like uh, uh, ground. Breaking, like a just basic, awesome design. Like mm-hmm. someone sat around, came up with this concept, and it worked. Uh, it does again. It, this game is uh, it's simple looking. The sounds not that great, but it just the play is great. Uh, I, I'm a, no one. It can be more surprised than I am that I enjoyed it. And I was uh, uh, pressing hard to get. I was so close to getting past those stupid. I was one pipe away from getting past the the fish the fish tank level. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see what's next, uh, the uh, I flipped ahead. You know, I looked on the internet to see some of the other levels, and, and like I said, as you go advance up, they change the, some of the rules. Change. There's a lot more obstacles. There's like bombs. There's places where you have to end the the pipe. 
You know, so uh, uh, it's a it's a different. The game it advances. Yeah. And if you play the expert, did you try playing the expert? Oh, version? I, I tried. I I don't I don't have the brain power. The expert was, version basically it introduces a second set of pipes. Mm -hmm. And you've got to select the 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 you you basically you get another five pipes. So in theory, it's easier. But in practice, you've got to hold the button down and press down to get the lower section, and yeah. then hold the button in. And for a game that requires you to place pipes very quickly, um, you know, to me it was more of a, a detriment for sure. Well, I couldn't do it. I was no good at it. Now, I thought I thought this was interesting. As I was reading it, I thought, man, this would be. This, I could see how this would work, and it would be awesome. Uh, apparently, a 3D version of this was released for the PlayStation, uh, PlayStation in 2000 called Pipe Dreams 3D. Mm -hmm. Now, have you played this anywhere? I looked at a quick video of it, um, and it, it didn't appear to be in 3D the way that I understood it. It seemed like it maybe it was rendered in 3D, but it wasn't like Lemmings 3D or I something like that. I was thinking like, like it'd be cool if you had pipes that could go over and under different pipes. Yeah, I think that that you was know, more of the deal. I think that, that would be neat. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm going to look into that. That sounds pretty cool. It's mentioned, when I looked at the, at the wiki on this, it's mentioned that a lot of games took the concept from this and used them as mini-games. Now, I haven't played these games, but maybe you have. They mentioned that Bioshock did it, Alien Swarm, Saints Row 4, and Warframe used many, and they all used it for the same thing, which is to simulate hacking. So some sort of hacking yeah. mini-game. Which, yeah. I, yeah, you can I sort can of see, see that. that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, this this game was pretty well received, both uh, back. Well, it's a mixed bag, really. I mean, I it's I, I if you sat down and looked at this game, it's hard to judge. It's new to me, so I like it. But mm -hmm. I mean, if this came out and they said, "Here's your game. You paid X amount of dollars for it," would you give this a positive re review? And yeah, I think I would. But I mean, it could it have been fancier? I mean, it could have. Ultimately, it wouldn't have made the game any more fun. Yeah, I guess. So. Uh, the Lemon folks uh, give it a 7.8. Which is a low score for Lemon. Well, no. We rarely do anything 8. below an 8. Well, yeah, but we only do the best stuff. That's probably why. Um, let's see here. Amiga Action gave it 80. Amiga Force gave it a 79. Amiga Format gave it an 83. Amiga Power gave it a 79. Uh, and then the, and, and then uh, CU Amiga gave it an 83. And the one gave it a 63. So the, some of the, I mean, so you're looking at a, a, the C average... You know, or maybe blow B. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's an awful good game. It's hard to give it a ranking because it it is it, there's nothing to it. Mm -hmm. But it's good, you know. So when a game is good, it's a. I mean, look at Tetris; it's the exact same thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm going to give this a, a a much higher recommendation. And it's a and the thing is, you load it up, you play it. It's quick. Uh, you could just uh, if you had an old school Amiga, you could you could literally copy the files right on the hard drive. You didn't have to do anything weird, and it's uh you know it's got a nice high score table, so you can check keep track of how well you're doing. I love it. I think mm -hmm. it's great. You can see why it's been ported to so much stuff and the Windows versions, everything else. Uh, um, I, I I think this is one of my all time favorite puzzle games yeah, that came out of nowhere. I played a little bit of this on the Spectrum at our Taze Valley Computer Club meeting. And uh, it, it, it's just as good. It's yeah. just as good. How does it? Does it? Is it the same art style? It's exactly stuff? the same. Yeah. Just imagine what you see now you with see, the with the palette. You on the could spectrum. look at this right on the spectrum. I have I have no no doubt that it would be it'd be very similar. I mean, that's another reason it would port so easily. I mean, you could almost port just like calculator and stuff like the old TI. Oh yeah, know? yeah. It's it's a simple game. Um, I just I had a quick glance on uh, eBay uh, to see how this thing was selling. Um, it's not bad if you're if you're in Greece, 
Yeah, I'm thinking this is what this if is, you're in Greece. This is one of those. You, I hope you're not playing Pipe Mania. I hope you're out on the beach. If this, this is one of those games that like you can tell it's got an international flavor. Uh, in Greece, five bucks. Take it home. Boxed. Mm. Italy, 12 bucks. Germany, 26 bucks. And in the UK, as usual, your cup runneth over. <laughs> I saw this going for 10, 21, 30, 53. You know, there was, there was a ton of them out mm-hmm. there. So if you want to pick this now, one up. Now, were you seeing all? Oh, we forgot to talk. I wanted to bring this up before yeah, go we ahead. left. This game probably has some of the most unappetizing box art I've ever seen. I didn't even look at the box. What's it look like? So the box of this game is a man, right? His face is contorted in pain. Okay? His face is contorted in pain. Yeah. And he is, uh, and then you see the little dude from the corner of the screen there. The plumber? uh, The plumber. And he's just like, hmm? And then you see the guy going, ah! And it looks like, I don't want a game to make me feel like what that guy looks like. Luckily, when they re-released this as Pipe Mania in the U.S. on the Game Boy, they went with a much more kind of abstract, you've got some pipes with some flues coming out of it. Looks quite understated and cool. You know what should have happened to this? That would have made it awesome. You license this and you put Mario in there. Oh, He's yeah. He's a plumber. That would have been you good. Put some, you put some, you put some uh, Nintendo music That's a real it. missed opportunity. I mean, because you got Dr. Mario. Mario's not a freaking doctor, but he is a freaking plumber. Look at this guy on the screen. Yeah. Look at it. He's just some schlup. You put Mario in there, you have him dance around when mm-hmm. he's doing well. You have yeah. him pout when he's doing bad. It's, a, it's, a, it's an easy gimmick. It would have worked great. They should do it now. Boy, Make it happen. They did release this on the DS, by the way, as well. So they had, they've had ample opportunity to do, uh, do their own version. Yeah, yeah. Um, we did get some user reviews. Uh, every week we give our Patreon uh, folk uh, that are active on our Discord server a chance to review this week's game. Uh, Graham Vebke, he, call, he says, uh, Top puzzle game due to its playability and addictive nature. Based on a simple premise of connecting pipe pieces presented in a Tetris manner to stem an impending water flow. Get it right, Graham. It's flues. Also <laughs> appears as Pipe Dream on other systems, including the Amiga. And my favorite port is the C64 version. 8 out of 10. I read that a lot, that the C64 version was better than the Amiga version. The Fig. That happens sometimes. Figgy CTZ. He says, always had a soft spot for Pipe Mania. One of those games you start playing, expecting to put it down after a couple of minutes. But just keep on playing. That's true. The bark bit. He says, graphics and sound are pretty basic, but this addictive puzzler draws you in for just one more go. Yes. At higher level, D-pad speed and fast thinking is crucial as you need to use the environment more and more. 9 out of 10. Pixels at Dawn from Merry Old England says, Tetris with fluid dynamics. Simple mechanics but devilishly addictive. Keeps the pressure on at all times. Yes. Could do with a bit more variety, but joins the elite few of having competitive multiplayer that supports two mice at once. Eight out of ten. You know, we may have to play a, a, a some a competitive this. Oh, I would love to go head to head with you. You know this. what I'm saying? And yeah, especially since great. you told me you're no good at it, yeah. I might have a fighting chance. <laughs> and finally, Matthew Perron <sighs> from the Great White North. He says, "Awesome action puzzler game. Very addictive and fast-paced fun." The difficulty ramp up, the difficulty level ramp up, ramps up perfectly. Somehow I missed this title, but I'll be sure to come in back. Eight out of ten. So everyone loved it. Yeah. Me, you, and all the users. That's that, right. That never happened. That's never happened before. Go get this game. Yeah. That's you, how good it is. Absolutely. And the thing is, it's it, it, it's such a quick play. You're in and out. It's perfect for like when you get a few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now, Aaron, we did get some general feedback from last week's show. That's right, General. It's a, 
you offer, see what I did there. He offers low-cost auto insurance as well. Oh, God. Um, the Huck writes in. He says, Hi, Boat. I really enjoyed your banter with Aaron regarding the pencil sharpener. I was going to grab it. For <laughs> yes, he sent me a message about I that. love good quality sharpeners, pencils, and pens, and I was totally with you. I really enjoyed Aaron's astounded reaction to the fact that people would actually spend hard-earned cash on such a trivial piece of equipment. <laughs> Not, not to mention the reaction he had about the fact that people would listen to podcasts related to said trivial pieces of equipment. <laughs> I still can't believe that happened. He says, I'm a big fan of this channel, and here's a link to some of her pencils and pens videos I thought you may enjoy. And he sent, he sent us, there's a whole uh, channel out there just based on pencils, pens, and pencil sharpeners. You know, just to make sure that I was right and that everyone else is insane, I went home and I talked to Teresa. I said, listen, have you heard of anybody collecting actively collecting high-end pencil sharpeners and she looked at me like I was an idiot. She goes, what? I was like, I'm telling you, people do this. And there's well, I'm guessing. Could believe it. So I'm guessing West Virginia, not a hotbed. Yeah, of uh, yeah, I'm guessing that maybe around here, not quite so big, but maybe it's more of a a lot of people. It's a, it's it's big it's big in Japan now, well, and it's uh it's big in Europe, just obviously. like adamant. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So, um. That is, that's all the feedback from this week. That's all you need. Um, oh, actually, we got one more tiny, tiny bit. Tiny, it's not tiny all the bit. feedback. Yeah, Amiga Bill, our buddy. I love our, Bill. Yeah. He says, awesome show, guys. This is in regards to our Tiger Claw Power Glove episode. Mm. He says, I certainly enjoy these games more than you, especially Power Glove Reloaded, but your critique is very fair. Have you seen the packaging? OMG, it is a work of art. Yeah. And Tiger Claw even comes with a throwing star. Yeah. I know yeah. you'd like that. We mentioned that. Actually. I, I, I think that's cool. I mean, yeah, they definitely had good feelings and stuff in them. And I liked them more than you, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. Uh, but I, And I don't know if I liked them as much as Bill. Hey, you know, I'll, I'll listen to that show again. And the one thing I want to make darn good and sure that we do is, is say that while these games weren't necessarily our cup of tea... It's tremendous that the Amiga is starting to get some action, right? Right. We definitely want to fully promote these independent contractors, these small studios that are putting this stuff out. We love it. Keep it coming. And I also want to promote people that are putting cool junk in their boxes. Keep that coming, too, because that's awesome. And a lot of people like to take these boxes and stuff and just stick them up on their shelves. They look nice. So, yeah. Uh, we both we both really enjoy that sort of thing. Yeah, and uh, Gary Hucker, uh, who is in the chat with us, he says that, that uh, he he put those links there, and I forgot to copy what they were, but it's Fran Lab. If you want uh, electronics and pencils and pen reviews, so check that out. Speaking of reviews, Aaron, we did not get any iTunes reviews this past week. Um, I knew that. You know, we didn't have it at the beginning there. We. During the hey man, I stopped segment. doing that after you complained. Okay, <laughs> um, so folks, you Mac people, if you have not given us an iTunes review yet and you enjoy the show, uh, please go open up iTunes and, and write us a review. It really helps us get a lot of notice. Uh, the iTunes podcast store mart, whatever store mart, it, store mart is a is 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 a place that is used by not just iTunes but tons of other podcasters to kind of aggregate popularity and things like that. And one way to kind of help spread the news about the show, one of the best ways is if you can go in there and leave us leave us a review, and um, you know we'd really appreciate it, and we'll read it on the air. Too. I'll tell you something, I got because uh, one of the I just looked over the chat, and someone said iTunes sucks. I'm right there with you, but here's the thing: here's what you do. You want to help us out? Help us out. So here's what you do: go download iTunes, 
Right, you get on there. Mm-hmm. You go leave us a review. Basically, talk about how great I am, and you can kind of put him over. You uninstall that sucker. You're done. You're just dipping your toe in the in the pool of Apple. <laughs> That's what I do, man. Mm-hmm. I don't want that on my computer. Sure. I don't blame these guys, but for just do us a solid, we'd appreciate it. And then tell us what you did. I would love to have someone come in and say, "Listen, here's what I did," and tell me that story. <laughs> I will read your letter on the air. We'll dance a little jig. It'll be great. Thank you. <laughs> So, Aaron, um, last week, if you, this is your first Amigos, if you're tuning in for the first time, uh, every week we uh, read the names or of our Patreon supporters, people that support us over on uh, patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Uh, we've, got quite a, we, we've got quite a list of supporters, and uh, we honor them. I honor them in a special way through song and interpretive dance. Oh, no. Interpretive dance. Please, please, (laughs) add that to your repertoire. Do you dance like you sing? Even better, baby. Oh, man, it'll be like the chick on Seinfeld all over again. Um, So last, and every week we run a contest, who can guess the song from last week's show? Um, Last week, Aaron, the the name of the song was the Animaniacs theme. That's what that was? Yeah. Um, I like that show too. And I didn't get it. You know, I uh, I watched that show all the time growing up. That was that hit me right at the right time, mm. and uh, I I spent a long time. I wrote down the words like as I was watching it, so I could memorize it, so I could memorize the song. I was that into it. Wow. Yeah. You know, several of the people that wrote on that show went on to do uh, great things. I believe the two of the guys that worked on. Batman anime series worked on that show as really? well. Really? Yeah. So there, oh. yeah, you had some. Uh, it's, a, it's a well-written show. It's very so, smart. Very smart. Uh, we, uh, but I'll tell you who wasn't smart. Everybody except for Pixels at Dawn, because Pixels was the only person that submitted a winning guess. So wait a minute, you just said everyone else was smart, but Pixels at Dawn. No, I'll tell you who wasn't smart. Oh, I see. Yeah. I thought you were bad mouthing it. No. Good job, Pixels. I would never bad mouth the Pix. So um, this week. If you know the answer to this uh, song, you can email me at john at amigosretrogaming.com. That's not right. I've caught the bug. John at amigospodcast.com. Actually, you know what? John at Amigos Retro Gaming, valid email address. It is? Yeah. Are you going to run over and get it real quick? It's all forwarded to my main box, so... Um, I hate people that screw up the email addresses. Yeah, they're awful. They're the worst. <laughs> so, anyway, here we go. <clears throat> Sometimes you got to massage the vocal cords a little bit. Let me help you out there. <laughs> <laughs> what was that thing you were talking about with the claw last week? The iron claw? The iron claw? Yeah, now you... Yeah, it's all ready. part of it. <clears throat> what the hell was that? That was my warm-up. That explains it. Counting Virgil Sheep, Bernard Quinn, Retro Man, Cave Tim, Drew Daniel Williams, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Edder, Rob O'Hara, Howard Nibs, Matthew Moore, Andy Craig. Shonzo, Darren Lowe, Max Collin 419. Bach Bid, Roland Book, Andrew Mungs, Joe the Zombie, John Cook, Dan Ross, Leif Kelland, Alan Kebab, Chicote, Level Lord. 
John Marshall, Matthew Perrone, Ricky DeRose, a creepy dead boy, Bigger CTZ, the slow Norris, Stephen Sergeant Monson, Ethan Helen, Blender 75, Christopher Hassel, Robbie Abbott, Chris Foles, Dreamcatcher, Orange Graham Bepke, Brent Dowdy, Lane Denson, Adam Matters, B. O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, and Gary Huckers, C. Brian Jones. Take it home now. Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Alec Kebab, Anthony Chavez, Tips from the Crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THG, and Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy Humberstad, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn, Yo, Bjorn Ma. It's emotional. I feel like it's like the James Brown guy. You go out and put a cape yeah. on. Yeah, and then, off the but then I spring. Wow. Yeah, that's right. I, you know, I taught him that move. Did you? Yeah, yeah. I realize you're that old, boat. Well, I'm older than I seem. You're the hardest working podcaster in entertainment. You don't have to tell me, buddy. Next week, Aaron, we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to leave the sewer. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Thank God. We're going to come out of the gutter and go straight to the stars. We're going to play Jet Strike. Jet Strike? Jet I haven't heard of that. Me neither. Ooh, what is it? Flight Sim? Flight Sim. Well, I, know, I don't know if it's a Flight Sim or not. You I was just agreeing it? with whatever you said. I like jets. I like strikes. D- no, you don't. That's true. <laughs> Bam, teacher oh. joke. Here it was. All right, so um, make sure you tune in. Uh, guys, you can watch us live. We record this live every Friday evening on YouTube. Uh, you can join the fine folks in the uh, in the podcast room. It's been crazy time in here today. I'm Graham Bebke, Pixel Vixen's with us, Pixels at Dawn, Pretty Good Games, Edvin Helland, um, Christopher Chapman was here. Um, he's supposed to be studying, he says. Nah, uh, nah. Barkbit Craig McCullen, 10-minute Amiga Retrocast, the 10 mark, Paul J, of course, Freyguard1982, Gary Hucker. Um, we got a whole, whole ton of fine folk folks here. So, thank you all so much for coming in and watching us live. Thank you out there in listener land for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, keep playing your Amiga. We'll see you next time. Adios. Adios.